Yo, welcome back to the Return to Play podcast. It is week one of the NFL freaking season. I'm ready for some football. I know you are too. And now the Pittsburgh Steelers are fully ready to go with TJ motherfucking Watt signed to a $112 million deal with $80 million guaranteed. TJ said, fuck the agents. I'm not asking for more money. I love the Steelers and I'm going to play for them for $112 million and not making it all guaranteed. Danny, what do you have to say about it? Oh, I love it. Um, I love that. God, can't even can't even talk. I love it. Rocking the jersey as we speak. I was ready for this moment. Wasn't a crazy outrageous number. It's just beautiful. Just just a beautiful day to be a Steelers fan. Who is it? Is it five years? Four four year extension, one hundred twelve million, so about twenty eight a year. Which is I which is I mean when the when the contract wasn't getting signed i was figuring it was going to be 30 plus a year or something outrageous but yeah 28's not bad a year yeah not at all agents agents one of them dirty money hungry white collar agents but no tj was like we're coming home (laughs) yeah so on the other side of things in your life but not really because they turned it around how did u.s men's soccer team do in this round of world cup qualifying If 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 you if you asked me that question at halftime last night, I wouldn't respond because I would have been dead. I, I was not in a good place. Uh, lock of the week was solid. They they not only did they tie El Salvador, they turned around and tied Canada too. X against the wall, and they were down to Honduras at halftime. I don't know. I don't know what was said in that locker room, but they holy switched fuck, to the four three three. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Greg, I like Greg Bearhalter. I'm not gonna. No one knows he, he he he. The United United States coach. He's we've he's done well so far. He's got he was getting through those first two games. He was getting a lot of shit. He was. I mean, if he didn't win that game last night, he was fired, guaranteed. So whatever the fuck he did at halftime, obviously. Not only did it save his job, but it saved our freaking cup qualifying. But oh, I, I, I mean, I could go on for forty-seven minutes about this. But yep, it, I'll cut oh. you off right there. Um, U.S. men's soccer definitely saved the World Cup chances last night, and but Christian Pulisic might be hurt. Yeah, I, I'm not too worried about it. He doesn't. He at least on his social medias, he's not acting like anything happened. He went off injured. It looked like a knee injury at first. Uh, apparently, it was an ankle injury, but I, it doesn't seem to be It'll nothing. Be all right. I was concerned last night, for sure, but uh, today, nothing has, nothing has jumped out to make me worried, and he's not acting like it's anything serious. So, hopefully, we should be good there. He should be, I'm hoping, at least okay for the October qualifiers, and then we can get some wins and just cement this thing and I don't have to uh and, you know, and in our uh final soccer news i messed up and forgot that there was international play that last week so my draw of the week last week is just still in play for this week the wolves the wofford they're both start with a w thus they will draw uh lock it in it's still above plus 200 and back to what we're here for football i was in charlotte north carolina for the Clemson and 
Georgia Bulldogs game, watching the pageantry and scenery going on around. The guy across the street from Lance's apartment had a full carved out ambulance he was using as a, a tailgate uh, mechanism with the TV attached to it and all that. It looked pretty badass. But I was a dog that weekend. I bet on the dogs as dogs and I was yelling go dogs at everybody I walked past in Charlotte and that Saturday morning we turned on the TV for game day and lo and behold game day was a 10 minute walk from Lance's apartment we had no idea so we just kind of pivoted and and went over to game day which was pretty cool and everyone was having a good time and and everyone there was really like respectful and and cool with each other like as opposing fans being in the city all day and but Lance and I sat up on his balcony as everyone was walking to the game and was just yelling belligerently at people. That was fun as well. So it was a fun, fun weekend and the dogs won outright. So that was a, that was a nice little Saturday there we had. So without further ado, let's get into the NFL injury news. Let me let me stop you and let me let me comment oh, that on the was dogs. A perfect freaking segue. It, it, it wasn't perfect. I'm an asshole, but I just got to touch on my uh, my gambling mishap that's gonna get in the, go in my favor. Oh, that's so, right. Yeah, yeah. So last week we uh, I had my lock for you that it was at least gonna hit hit one. The uh, the Georgia under and the Clemson under. Georgia ten and a half wins. Clemson eleven and a half wins for regular season. If you hit both of those for the under. They're at least going to win one, hopefully two, because they were playing each other last week. Um, so that was a lock. Yeah, you should have you should have bet the under on both of them. I did, or at least I thought I did. The dumbest story of my life that's probably going to work out in my favor at this point. Georgia lost. I mean, excuse me. Georgia won. So Clemson is already there under that eleven and a half. So. Uh, I placed it on DraftKings when I got the notification that I uh, that it had cashed me out. So I hit the Clemson under. I was just looking at my bets, and somehow my stupid ass put, I, I bet the Georgia over on complete accident. So now I have the Georgia over 10 and a half, and I, I think it's going to work out in my favor. I kind of like it. So I don't know uh, what, uh, I wasn't even drinking when I put the bet in. That's the funniest part, but... Uh, the football gods were on my side. I think I think I might accidentally hit the Georgia over <laughs> ten and a half, but hey. Well, <laughs> I just yeah, <laughs> they're definitely going to be underdogs to Alabama, even if it's by three they, or four points. They, so. they, they don't they don't play Alabama. That's that's going to be oh, SEC shit. championship. Yeah, no, the only two in question are they got at Auburn and at Florida. All you got to do is win one of them, and and you're eleven and one and. And I, and I accidentally made money. So everybody that I told to hit the under. Well. You know, you should, you should, you got the Clemson under at least. So, I mean, it's still up in the air. They, they, they could, they could lose along the way, but I just yeah, need I, uh, them to lose one so then I could try to hedge it uh, after that. But <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah Either way, I pushed because I did hit the Clemson under, and now I just have that Georgia under ten and a half to worry about. But we'll see. That's not a big deal because it's a, a push at the worst right now for me. So, all right, the segue's ruined. Let's just get into the injury news. All right, let's get into this week one NFL injury news. Austin Eckler, the biggest name on the board. <clears throat> he didn't practice again today with a hamstring issue that he's been dealing with all the way into last year. It's kind of coming back now. Uh, Danny, what's going on with Austin Eckler? It looks like he missed practice the past two days, so yesterday and today, um, Wednesday and Thursday by the time this airs. 
But like you said, he he did miss six games last year with this same nagging ham, hamstring injury, so could be pretty significant. Um, if it if you know if it's lingered this long, it could linger it into the year. Yeah, I would say for week one, and I did. I was high on Austin Eckler, and I have him in one one of my leagues. As of right now, I'm keeping him in my my lineup. But Sunday morning, I'm sure we'll we'll tweet out uh, whether or not you should keep him in your your lineup or not. I would definitely avoid him in DFS lineups. So then, obviously, the Ravens have just been struck by injury all preseason long, including my breaking news of Mark Andrews collapsing on the field. People are tearing knees and ankles left and right. The, the, the Ravens are not in a good spot and they definitely aren't as competitive now for that AFC North. So uh, Danny, what do you think's going on with one, the defense and two, the running backs? I've touched on this previously, but I, I wasn't big on Baltimore to begin this year. Um, I think they lost a lot of from last year. I think teams are more, when they get to the good teams, they can contain Lamar. Um, you know, when the, when they shut down Lamar in the rushing game, the passing game gets shut down as well. Uh, so I, I'm pretty low on Baltimore now. I mean, they just, they're taking a hit. Marcus Peters is huge. The running game, who knows who's going to be back there at this point. You know, three of your running backs are now out for the season. We're not even to week one. So Baltimore just getting obliterated right now. It's not looking good. I mean, as a Steelers fan, it's looking good, but I don't want anybody getting hurt. Yeah, well, that's what we're here for. We kind of do need some people to get hurt so we have something to talk about. But um, definitely it takes a few weeks at the least to get into the, the flow and the rhythm of NFL football, even if those guys have played before, they've been just training on their own for a while now and haven't taken a snap in a long time. And I would definitely stay away from those running backs for the first four weeks of the season. I would pick them all up in your redraft leagues if you can have a bench spot available for them. I think they're all, um, if you can get your hands on them, uh, grab them up if you need another running back in your bench. Evan Ingram still not practicing. I doubt he will play. They have another uh, tight end that can just fill the gap and kind of block for them as they need. And it hurts their offense a little bit, but it's not detrimental to their offense. I think they'll let Evan Ingram kind of just heal up as he needs to. They're not going to force him out there to, to play. Saquon Barkley as well for the Giants. He was limited at practice. I guess he did a full practice, though, on Wednesday. But the coach coach says he's 100%. Uh, I don't know if he's going to take his 100% volume of snaps, though. I think they'll just mix him in. And like I said last week, they'll, just, they'll mix him in there for the first couple of weeks, get him reacclimated to the game, and then and then really let him loose if he's looking good there especially week one will be a big telltale sign for him DeAndre Swift he is going to play week one with that groin injury like we said you should you should definitely err on the side of caution with a groin injury those are probably the nastiest things that reoccur and linger 
he's going to play, but the lines are going to stink. So what's it really matter if you drafted DeAndre Swift, you're, you're probably not looking good at running back anyway. AJ Brown did not practice yesterday, but he came back today. And he also has, he he's had injury all last season that he played through. I'd imagine he's still going to play through it week one here and continuing on. But I, I could see them with his past injury issues, kind of limiting his snap count as well. So that brings us to our heating pad or ice sack. <laughs> ice sack. Yeah, ice sack works. Ice, ice sack plays, but it's heating pad or ice pack. And we're going to dive into that injury news we just talked about with these guys. So Austin Eckler, heating pad or ice pack, Danny? I'm an ice pack on Austin Eckler, even before this injury or this re-aggravation of the hamstring, unless you're in a full point PPR league. Um, he kind of blew up that year with all the catches, but he his career high in, in rushing yards for a season is still only like 500-some yards. So unless you're getting you know, a full point for all of his catches, if you're in non-PPR or half-point PPR, I'm cold. I'm an ice pack on Eckler. Um, you don't know what his consistency is going to be. And like I said earlier, this if this hamstring injury ling- lingers throughout the year, uh, I don't know what you're gonna what you're gonna get out of him. Yeah, this week ice pack for sure. And I don't think you're in too much trouble if you drafted him. And like I said, he's only valuable, like you said, in PPR leagues. Yeah, I, I wouldn't worry about it too much if they're gonna err on the side of caution here. They should with the hamstring, and he's, like, going to be your guy. So I would definitely wait until he's, like, ready to ready to run full speed. This definitely this week, uh, Justin Jackson, uh, he is real cheap on DFS, so that would be a great tournament play to cut your roster um, money down. And those Ravens running backs like we talked about, Basically, Le'Veon Bell and Tyson Williams. Uh, Tyson Chicken is the only one available to draft in DFS. The other guys weren't, you know, didn't have a number on them. They weren't in the league. So Tyson Williams is another guy who he's got to get touches. He's the only person who's been practicing and has been in the system this year. So they, I think they have to start him. They have to play him. And I have no idea what they're going to do Monday night with their offense. Uh, if you're going to do, you know, the Monday night DFS stuff, I would definitely put Tyson Williams in your uh, DFS, like captain's leagues or whatever you do with that. Uh, and then Le'Veon Bell, I picked him up in one of my PPR leagues. I think that was a great, I, I, I dumped, Chuba Hubbard as my Christian McCaffrey insurance, and I picked up Bell, and I think that was a great move. Anything on the running backs? I'm an ice pack on on the whole situation. I think Tyson Williams is worth uh, picking up uh, for your for your fantasy leagues, a daily fantasy. Uh, he's worth a play if he's cheap. But this is basically a practice squad guy who. I mean, even in I, I didn't even know who he was. I had to look him up. His 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 best season in college was like 400 yards. So he's just a undrafted practice squad guy who's basically thrust into this situation. So obviously, I mean, he's going to get a little bit of volume, but I wouldn't absolutely depend on the production. As far as Le'Veon, I'm 
I'm pretty low on Le'Veon. I think I mean he he started two games for Kansas City last year when Edwards Elaire got hurt and did absolutely nothing, and that's in the most explosive offense in the league. So Le'Veon, I'm a big ice pack. Devontae Freeman, even bigger ice pack. He's been irrelevant for years. He had that you know that three game stretch where he blew up and has been pretty overrated fantasy guy since then. So. I wouldn't depend on any of these guys. I think Tyson Williams is worth a pickup, though. I would say Bell is worth the pickup in the long run, and Tyson Williams on DraftKings is $4,500. So for him to, if you're going to punt, quote-unquote, that position, meaning uh, go buy low, uh, $4,500, he'd really need kind of like 10 points to get you close to that 3X range that you'd want out of him to be a great value. So do you think he could get 10 fantasy points this week? Yeah, for that cheap and daily fantasy, I think he's absolutely worth it because you know he's going to get touches. I mean, even if, he's, if he gets 15 carries for 45 yards and, you know, three catches, plus the the odds of a touchdown. I mean, that he's going to get enough touches to give you numbers. So for that cheap with the volume he's going to get, yeah, that's – yeah. It's not a bad pick for daily fantasy. But like I said, if you're if you're in a, a year-long fantasy league, you know, I wouldn't just plug him and play him right away. I'd kind of wait and see what the production is or how they how they split up the touches. Yeah, uh so we got AJ Brown, like we talked about, heating pad. I would I'd put the heating pad on him in my seasonal leagues. I would ice pack him for daily fantasy, and I would definitely put Julio on my my daily fantasy lineups this week, AJ Brown. Like I said, he's probably going to play. If he does play on Sunday, if he's available, keep him in your lineups. Uh, DFS, stay away. Ice pack him and, and pick up Julio for a little bit cheaper. And I think Julio's going to have uh, a good September. I'm a, I'm a heating pad as well for AJ. Uh, it seems kind of sh- they they. They said it was just for rest. He's he's had this knee issue that's been bugging him, but they they're really downplaying it. Um, so I don't know. It seems kind of a little bit weird. Like I'm concerned about it. I I do have him in one league, which has me a little bit concerned. But I I mean he'll play and he'll still get his touches. So I'm a heating pad for AJ Brown. Just just a little cautious for his health for the entire season. Yeah, uh, Saquon Barkley, I would go ice pack for him this week. I already talked about in the injury news. I don't think he's going to get his workload that you're expecting him to get, and he's still he's higher priced for uh, week one on DFS. I, I would honestly put him on the bench if you have a decent uh, running back on your bench. I would, I would honestly ice pack him for week one season league. How about you? Completely agree with that. I think he's still, you know, running back one for the entire season. I think it'll just take a couple weeks for him to get up to speed and get to that full bulk. But, you know, limited touches for a week or two. But the production will still be there for the year. Lastly, Noah Font. I have no choice but to start him. Uh, I don't think he's going to get a lot of targets or be on the field a lot this week. He seems to have like a nagging, nagging lower body injury here. And which usually means 
he's if he's going to play, he's going to play. I don't see him playing more than, I don't know, 60, 70% of the snaps, though, and usually he'd be in there for 100% of the snaps, close to it. So I have no choice but to play him in some of my redraft leagues because I don't have anybody I can drop really at this early in the season to just pick up a, a floater tight end. And my best ball leagues, obviously, I went heavy on Noah Font. So hopefully, please, please, please be healthy for this season and don't uh, bone me, Noah Font. Yeah, the tight end gurus guy is banged up and it's not even week one. But yeah, I'm not I'm not too worried about Fant here. I mean, once once you're outside that top three tight end range this year, once Kelsey Kittle and uh, Darren Waller are gone there's a there's a huge drop off and everybody else is pretty much you just got to get get lucky with who you start that week but uh another person that we didn't write down but i wanted to forgot to say was uh mark ingram's an interesting person to watch here i wouldn't be surprised if the ravens fork over a late round draft pick to trade to get him back from the texans someone who already knows the system and they could immediately Mm. plug in and have an impact I didn't see a lot of rumors about it today. I was surprised, but if the trade, if the Ravens make that trade for Ingram, then I'm a heating pad there. I think he'd he'd immediately come in and get a lot of the carries. I'm honestly shocked they didn't even work out or invite Latavius Murray in for a workout uh, over, and they picked up Devontae Freeman instead. I don't know if maybe they, I don't know what they think about uh, Murray, but to me, it would seem like. You know, he's a guy that I would want to be interested in if I had literally zero running backs to play this week. He's a guy that went through camp, you know, is acclimated to playing the week one here, unlike everyone else you picked up. So I don't know what the Ravens were doing with that. Maybe he was too much money for what they wanted to do. If they gave him a phone call, we'll never know, but we'll see. Yeah, I I thought the same thing. It, when the, uh, the first people I thought of was Latavius Murray and and Gurley. I know they worked out Gurley, so it must not have went well. I don't know, but he's he's at least been relevant more recently than Le'Veon and Devonte Freeman. Even last year in his his bad year, he put up over eight hundred scrimmage yards and nine rushing touchdowns. So at least he was a reliable guy. So I was I was surprised that they picked those guys over Gurley. Well, I'm not surprised at all they picked up Le'Veon Bell because they just want to shove it in the Steelers' face that, you know, if, if he even does somewhat well this season. They're... He's too focused on that rap career. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> I mean, it's been since 2017 since he's had any level of production. So I'm... He looks in shape at least, so uh, we'll see. I'm not buying it. All right, next up we got our topics for today and really the topic today is just there's no nothing to talk about other than week one of football so we're gonna get into some dfs guys that we like this week that you should try to get into your lineups tournament play or cash play i think all of these guys on our list have a uh, good value for both so here, here's we got some dfs value guys for you guys we like this week that we think are going to go at least 3x and just really quickly what that means is if a guy is priced at five thousand dollars then he has to have 15 points so it would be um what's the math on that he he would 
you take the first digit there and multiply it by three would be what it is. <laughs> um, so that would be like three X. I'm not going to give a number on like what I think these guys can do. I just think they can all be have three X or greater value. So a quarterback, Jameis Winston, and then on the other side of the ball, Aaron Rodgers. I just think that game's going to have quite a few points or at least a lot of yards to get field goals. Uh, the defenses there have a little bit of work to do, especially in the secondary. So I think a lot of those wide receivers as well are to stack, stack those quarterbacks with some of their wideouts. Uh, Sam, Sam Darnold, not Sam Darnold. Yeah. What am I saying? <laughs> for the, for the freaking Panthers, Danny, what's his name? Yeah, Darnold, you got it. Oh, man, I'm losing my... It's because we're watching the Thursday night game trying to do this at the same time. It's, I need to just look at the screen, my screen here. And so, yeah, Sam Darnold, I think he's at a he's at a great spot to get a lot of yards and that Jets defense, that front seven especially, I don't know how much pressure they're going to be really getting on Sam Darnold. And we know that when he has time, he's really good. And then uh, you got anybody at quarterback? Yeah, I like I like Darnold too, or who, whoever that guy is, the Panthers guy, you know, the one. He's uh, he got a lot more weapons with the Panthers than he does with than he did with the Jets. Um, plus, he's kind of he's got that little revenge tour on his mind. Another person I like is uh, Trevor Lawrence. I think the Jaguars and uh, Urban Myers, you know, brand new offense. No film on these guys yet. Um, and they're playing Houston, who's going to be the worst team in the league. So I like this to be a, a pretty high-scoring affair for the Jaguars. I think I think a lot of them are going to put up pretty good numbers. So I like Trevor Lawrence week one. Cool, yeah. And so wide receiver, I would stack Devontae Adams with Aaron Rodgers in every, every lineup you're going to play. One of those guys, put them both in there together. I think that's a, a stellar week one stack, mini stack. Uh, also, Calvin Ridley, I think he's going to have a good game. He's a little bit more expensive, obviously, but I think they have to throw him the ball if they're going to want to move the move the chains. He's their number one guy now. Keenan Allen along the same lines, especially if Austin Eckler's out. I mean, they're probably going to be double teaming Keenan Allen, but I think he still he he always finds a way to get open, and he's good enough that. The double team isn't going to affect him from having a good week. Who do you got for wide receiver? Two guys that are really cheap right now. Um, Kenny Galladay. I, I know last year was a pretty big letdown, but and he's he's already got the hamstring injury going on this year. But if he's if he's active for week one, I like that to to plug him in and play him. Um, he's he's really cheap right now, and even cheaper is Corey Davis, who's probably going to be the Jets' number one. Granted, that's like being, you know, the freaking <laughs> Illinois. Fucking damn it, I'm saying stupid shit. Uh, Corey Davis, Jets' number one. The Jets suck, but he's still going to get the most targets. He's really cheap in DFS right now. Yeah, and then running back here, Christian McCaffrey is obviously the most expensive guy in DFS, and as he should be, just like I said, that uh, Jets front seven is banged up. I think Christian McCaffrey does his thing. He's been itching to play. You stack him with Darnold. 
and then Robbie Anderson as well. If you want the full Panther stack, I think that's the stack to go. Maybe a tight end as well in our in my tight end guru picks. Uh, Najee Harris, he's uh, as cheap as he's going to be. He's in the 6,000s on DraftKings, and I think you know if he has a 20-point game like he's kind of projected to have, uh, he's never going to be this cheap again the rest of the season, so you might as well get him week one while he's at this sub-7,000 price. Justin Jackson, obviously, we talked about earlier because of Austin Eckler's availability. Justin Jackson is an excellent uh, cheap play. It's kind of like a freebie. You know he's he's good enough to to take on that backup role and kind of just plug in and get touches, get get enough yards, and he's a pass catching back as well. So he's going to get some some yards there. Uh, who do you got for running back? Going back to the Jaguars for another one. I really like James Robinson. He's I mean, his production was great last year. He's cheap, I'm assuming, because ETN was drafted, but with ETN out for the year, and like I said, they're playing Houston, he's going to get a lot of touches. I like James Robinson. Yeah, and he's a great uh, end zone, touchdown-dependent type of guy. So now my coveted tight end guru spot, which would be poetic justice if no edit, no Noah Font is banged up the whole year and I took his over 650 yards for the season. I'm all in on him. I'm the self-proclaimed tight end guru. And the one thing I'm doing in injury sports, an injury NFL podcast, he gets hurt for the whole year. So pretty much expect that to happen. Expect Noah Font to just play like half the season, if that. So that's where my mentality is at with him now. So the tight ends I do have for DFS this week, Dan Arnold, pair him up with Sam Darnold and and keep that uh pan keep those Panther stacks going. Danny likes the Jaguar stacks. And I also like um Green Bay or New Orleans stacks as well. So any of those four teams, I'd I'd stack all four in a tournament if you're gonna do some tournament plays. At tight end though, other than Dan Arnold. Uh, Tyler Higby for the Rams. Uh, Matt Stafford likes to check down to the tight end or just, you know, throw to the tight end a lot. And they seem to have a good rapport. So I think he's a great week one play, but he is in that Sunday night game. So that would have to be for your Sunday night plays. Pat Fryermuth, our guy, our Steeler, he's inclined for any of these weeks here to come up to just do what he did in that preseason game again that wasn't a fluke that that's gonna that's the standard for pat that's gonna be the standard and he's if he as soon as he has that one week he's gonna be you know one of the highest priced tight ends or at least that middle range price tight end you're not gonna get any value on him so i really do like pat you just start taking pat every week and eventually he's gonna hit for you tournament plays i wouldn't play pat in Cash plays. Who do you got? Yeah, I love Fryermuth, but he's yeah he's boomer bust. I think once uh, Ebron starts struggling with the drops again, I think Fryermuth is gonna he's he's gonna be great. So he's gonna keep getting more and more time and more and more touches as the year goes on. Um, someone else who's dirt cheap right now is Zach Ertz. I understand that Dallas Goddard is there in that whole situation, but. A year ago, Ertz was still a number one tight end. I mean, he was going, he he was a top five tight end in fantasy drafts, and he is at the bottom of the barrel right now. 
even if they're doing two tight end sets, he's still going to get, I mean, I like him more than half of the league. So if you're, if you're trying to spend big money on your running backs and receivers, Ertz is dirt cheap and everything right now. Uh, what do you know how much? Oh, I see right here, 3,800 bucks. So he would need 12 points to return you three X. I don't know if he's going to get you 12 points though. So I disagree with that. Three catches, 30 yards, and a touchdown? Yeah, exactly. He's touchdown dependent. So, I mean, I mean but I, so are all these guys at tight end. <laughs> That's a valid point. I mean, not that long ago, he was turning out 100 catches and 1,000 yards. It, I mean, he was, ba- he was banged up last year. Who knows? I mean, Hurts might prefer – Hurts and Ertz, it rhymes, man. Hurts prefers Ertz over Goddard. You never know. <laughs> I don't hate it, but – I'm not going to take it this week, at least. I, he needs to. I need to see his target, like his snap count first, because if he's not, uh, he might not even be on the field that much. And it might not be uh, Hertz's decision; it's the the coach's decision if they want to even put him out there and, and give him the targets, give him the drop plays for him. But I understand where you're coming from. I mean, a year ago, this guy was one of the number one tight ends in the league. So I, I'm big on Ertz this year for how cheap he is. It's a, I mean, it's a new coaching staff. Who knows who they prefer? I mean, he, he was requesting the trade, and now he says he wants to stay in Philly, so maybe something's changed. I have no idea, but, I mean, the dude the dude is still – he's still a great tight end. He's just in a bad situation right now. I don't know why he's so low on everything. Yeah. Defenses, I love the 49ers defense. I'm going to put them in every single uh, lineup I can do for, for DFS. They are uh, – DraftKings, they are the highest. Uh, they're, mo- they're the most expensive defense, but I think they are the most likely to get you 15 points. I think they're going to get the, – the Lions freaking stink. Goff, it throws a lot of picks or at least a lot of a lot of um dirt balls. So I think I think that 49ers defense which is really good with like you said Nick Bosa or which which Bosa is on the 49ers. Nick, you got it right. Nick. <laughs> um we yeah, we're totally experts here. And uh there's just so many names. How can you keep up with all these names and then friggin' all the medical shit I have to learn right now for my boards. I'm doing my best, guys. And uh, so, so yeah, 49ers defense. But if you don't like the 49ers defense at the most expensive, on Yahoo Fantasy, Yahoo Daily Fantasy, they're like one of the cheapest defenses. So I know not a lot of people do that, but a little, a little nugget I have for everybody, Yahoo prices their people extremely different a lot of times than DraftKings and FanDuel, which are the two go-tos yahoo you can you can get a lot of great value on on guys you like so i would keep yahoo fantasy in mind for your dfs plays who do you got for a cheap defense love the niners like you said but for a cheap defense i mean the niners and the steelers are my one and two defenses this year but i'm not touching the steelers this week at buffalo but cheap defense i love the panthers this week at the jets or is it at the no? It's at home. At home versus the Jets. Yeah, I love the Panthers' defense. I mean, it's, it, anybody's defense against the Jets until Zach Wilson proves himself 
it's, you know, just like last year, you could plug and play a defense, whoever was playing the Jets that week. And yeah, I would and, definitely target defenses against rookie quarterbacks, and there's quite a few rookie quarterbacks out there this year. So it's not even anything against them. It's just getting used to NFL football. Uh, the Panthers are only $600 cheaper than the 49ers. So if you really – I would really try to get the 49ers as your defense and work around them as a centerpiece because I think they are the, the best play on the board for defenses. And that wraps up all of our NFL talk. We're going to get you some gambling picks for the weekend and our draw of the week. Stay tuned. All right, now time for my favorite segment, the gambling picks. Time to get greasy, gentlemen. Here's how we're going to do it for the season. We are all going to give three picks, either the spread of a game or an over-under spread. And we're going to keep track of how we're all doing against each other throughout the season. And uh, whenever Rashawn decides to rejoin this podcast, he can just be in his own little column and, and see what his own percentage is as well. So we're going to do three picks each. And then I have a little uh, juicy parlay to give as well. So my three picks of the week are oh and sorry one of these picks has to be a lock of the week so that that's gonna have uh a little bit its own separate column to see how how our, our locks of the week are doing as well so i have the steelers and bills over 48 and a half that is my lock of the week i probably should have saved that for last but whatever i'm excited about it it's going first i think both offenses are electric Steelers defense is obviously really, really, really good. And TJ Watt just signed that massive fucking deal. But uh, it's week one, so so fuck it. Take the overs. And then I'm still rolling with the overs here. I'm taking the biggest over on the board. Browns and Chiefs over 54 and a half. I think both of these teams can get to 30 points in this game. The Chiefs are electric. The Browns have a a, a rolling offense as well. Both teams score. A lot of points and then finally panthers minus four and a half i'm not in love with this play but you know everything my brain and my my gut tells me is panthers are the better team here and they should win by a touchdown but we'll see so those are my three plays steelers bills over is my lock danny lock of the week it's like the money ball except on the return to play podcast we we shoot the money ball first but my lock of the week, I'm going college here. Uh, and Steve, you're not going to like this pick, but I'm going with the Ohio State Buckeyes, minus 14 and a half. They're going to smoke Oregon. The Pac-12 is garbage. I think they showed that last week. Oregon struggling with Fresno. Washington losing at home to Montana. The Pac-12 is fucking terrible. And OSU kind of got over a little scare at Minnesota. Minnesota, I think, is... With with Ibrahim healthy, which they had last week, I think is a better team than Oregon. Ohio State home opener, they're gonna, they're just gonna beat the shit out of Oregon. Minus fourteen and a half, lock it in. Two NFL picks that I like: uh, the Giants at home. That that line has moved. They're now plus three um, at home to the Broncos. I think they're two pretty evenly matched teams. If they got Galladay and Saquon in there, I think the Giants are the are the better team, and I'm going to take the home team. Um, and another one I really like, 
Raiders plus four and a half at home on Monday night against the Ravens. We've touched on the uh, the Ravens situation. It's probably my bias. I fucking hate the Ravens, but I love the Raiders at home. This is the it's not the official opener of of the stadium, but it's the official. It's the first home game with fans in the stadium. That place is going to be rocking. I I like the Raiders to at least cover. Baltimore's going to be struggling to start the season. Before before Jimmy gets his picks, uh, Raiders line hasn't moved at all with all of this running back news and Marcus Peters out, and that kind of scares me. They kind of want you to take the Raiders, I think, at that point. That this line should have moved. Like I've never I've never heard of a team losing literally four key players. Well, not four, but lose an entire running back core and then your best defensive back, and the line didn't move a point half a point like that's fishy to me so i'd like to take the raiders too and i probably will depending on how my weekend goes um and and just monday night football with gruden and like you said the home fans it does seem like a pretty juicy pick i'm a hold off for now so jimmy what are your three plays so i tend to keep it uh you know very simple not into this world as much as you guys. So the first pick, uh, you know, I really don't think, I'm not very high on Jacksonville myself, but just going up against Houston, minus three, I think they're definitely going to cover that. Then a bit of a Aaron Rodgers homer. So taking them at minus three and a half over the Saints, probably going to be my downfall there, but... Yeah. Nope, nope. I also, I took, I remember we gave out, uh, I gave out Packers minus three to take it before that line moved. So, you know, maybe I get the push and you lose, but I do, <laughs> I do think the Packers, uh, I do think the Packers end up winning. I don't think Aaron Rodgers uh, loses that game after, you know, having the offseason he did. Yeah, He's going to want to shove sure. it in their face. And what's your third pick? So, as the uh, Cleveland guy kind of pains me, but I am going to take Pittsburgh at plus six and a half. I uh, just, you know, it's just as the Browns fan, it just always seems to work out that when they're uh, heavy, heavily dogged, they somehow uh, pull at it least out cover. or at least cover. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. I think I read something like Tomlin, very good. Tomlin and Ben both have very good uh, stats against the spread as underdogs. And which yeah, one of that was your lock? Well, just because they're against Houston, I've got to go to Jacksonville. Minus three will be my lock. All right. So those are our picks. You can follow along. We're going to have a, a spreadsheet made up, and we'll probably be tweeting out the results as we go along. And then I also have a juicy little parlay here on FanDuel. I created a four-team parlay, all money line football. Uh, so Saturday, Notre Dame minus 900, home against Toledo. They were almost executed for barely winning a game. I think he lights a fire under their ass, and they beat the Mac school up pretty decently. And Toledo's good, but they're not Notre Dame good, especially if it's in Notre Dame. Uh, like like that Penn State's minus 3,000 with Ball State coming to home. Uh, our our quarterback, Penn State, he freaking stinks. 
I'm not even going to say his name because he stinks and I hate him. But uh, Ball State cannot play against our defense. It's just not even a question. So he doesn't – he the he who shall not be named only has to score like 14 points for us to win. And then finally, the Chiefs money line. Patrick Mahomes said he wants to go have that undefeated season, and that's what he cares about the most right now. So I think they start out with a win, but that one does kind of scare me. I could see some fuckery going on in that game, especially with the high total. So, oh, and then the Rams Sunday night. So then if you get to Sunday night football with this, everybody wins. You can always take the Chicago points to middle the game. So Rams. Chiefs, Penn State, Notre Dame, that's a plus 102 parlay, so even money. Uh, I, I really do like that play there on the fan duel. Let me chime in here, comment on some of that. I got to go out here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Voldemort. I, I, I got to stick up for Sean Clifford. He sucks, but he did not turn the ball over. And if he does not turn the ball over this year... That's what fucked him so bad last year. I mean, he sucks, but there is nobody to replace him until next year when Drew Aller comes in. So I'm I'm rocking with, with Sean Clifford if he can keep not turning the ball over. But uh, I want to chime in on, on Jimmy's pick. Mike Tomlin, great as an underdog. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but his his lowest winning percentage is actually when he's a when he's a double digit favorite he's like 500 like it's something absolutely astronomically ridiculous so Steelers worst games are when they're the most heavily favored so Steelers is a big underdog usually they're good to cover I didn't pick it because if I pick it we'll get fucking smoked but <laughs> but yeah I like the Steelers to cover I think it's going to be it is going to be a one possession game Yeah we were in Charlotte this weekend and we watched the second half of that Penn State game in the in the pool in Lance's apartment pool. And there was like a group of girls just sunbathing and being quiet. And then Lance and I are watching football on an iPad on the side of a pool. And every time something bad happened for Penn state, I'd splash around in the pool, like a toddler and like do whisper yells. So I wasn't full on yelling in the pool area, but I was definitely being disruptive. And, um, and he was close to Voldemort was close to throwing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but he but he didn't. He did not. Graham Mertz, Graham Mertz channeled his inner Sean Clifford with fucking just dropping handoffs and throwing stupid picks. I mean, if Sean Clifford I mean, that's what that, I, if Sean Clifford can hand the ball off and run an RPO and throw a 2-yard pass and occasionally use his legs maybe extend a play, this defense is phenomenal at least they looked phenomenal against wisconsin and that's 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 outside of ohio state that's the best offense we'll play so i mean the defense is going to let us compete if sean clifford can just just show up and and you don't have to be peyton manning you don't have to be aaron Rodgers. just be alex smith you know throw your 180 yards a game with no turnovers and we'll win some games yeah some games <laughs> All right, I think that wraps it us it wraps it up for us this week. It is week freaking 1 of NFL football. I cannot wait for Sunday at 1 p.m. It's going to be like smoking crack or eating candy or it's my vice and I love it and I can't wait and I hope you all enjoy your weekend as well and 
find some winners out there and stay healthy.